Hey, everybody. This episode of Mark Bell's Power Project Podcast is brought to you by Element Electrolytes. What's up, guys? So you know how here, you know, all of us love using these electrolytes. Pre-workout, intra-workout, post-workout, love. <laughs> love. Did I say love or love? love. Anyway, love. Anyway, um, you know. Mar- L-O-F-E. Love? Love. 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 Okay. Well, I love it. I'm going to start using that word now anyway. But what I was going to say was, uh, as far as performance, um, I used to think, because I used to do a lot. I used to play soccer. I did a lot of bodybuilding. I used to think that I had to eat a lot of carbohydrates pre-workout to be able to perform. 300, 400. And if I didn't have my carbs, I wouldn't be able to perform. But when I started, you know, doing keto, doing carnivore fasting, I noticed that one of the big key missing factors was adequate hydration and not just drinking a lot of water, but having adequate electrolytes. That's where Element comes in. If you actually use these electrolytes, you're going to notice a boost in performance, a boost in hydration. You're not going to be cramping. You're going to be feeling great during your workouts. They're just overall awesome. Overall awesome. And what's awesome about Element electrolytes is they make things really, really easy for you. So you can do what we do, which is get the value bundle. That's essentially getting three boxes and they'll send you a fourth one for free. So you can try multiple flavors. Highly recommend orange uh, salt, uh, citrus salt. Actually, they, they, don't, they don't make a bad one. Even their non-flavored one is delicious because it just, I don't know, it's amazing, guys. Uh, but if you're not ready to full-on commit to the value bundle, you can go ahead and take advantage of the Element Recharge Pack. What's that? That's an eight-sample pack that they send you absolutely free. All you have to do is cover shipping. You can do so right now. You can go grab yours right now by heading over to drinklmnt.com slash powerproject. Again, it's absolutely free for the recharge pack or... Like I said, we like using the the value bundle because that's literally the best value. Head there right now. What up, Power Project crew? This is Josh Settledge, a.k.a. Settlegate, here to introduce you to our next guest, Colleen Foch. Colleen Foch is a CrossFit Games athlete who competed as an individual in 2019 and was a part of Team NorCal CrossFit Redwood City, the same team that took fourth at the 2017 CrossFit Games. Colleen started taking CrossFit classes and immediately fell in love with it. She began taking classes six times per week and showed early aspirations of competing. Colleen was a competitive swimmer in college and loved the weight training aspect of training, and she was originally insecure of having an athletic build. In college, she knew nothing about nutrition, but was able to learn more about health, fitness, and nutrition after starting her CrossFit career. Colleen credits CrossFit most for helping her develop self-confidence and appreciate for what her body is capable of without having to be ashamed of how it may look. Colleen is also now part of the USA National Bobsled Team, but that is a different story. Please enjoy this conversation with Colleen Foch. What did you just say? I said, do it, boy. You ever see that fat kid, the meme? And he's like on a little like uh, toy, like <laughs> three-wheeler thing? No. It's like no. a fat Asian baby. <laughs> That's really super. <laughs> Now I really need to see. I've probably seen it, but I can't remember it. It's pretty awesome. I think it's awesome. That Asian kid. I know I people remember it. But yeah, we just got canceled again. I know. No, man. that's okay. It's a meme. Can't mm-hmm. get canceled for a meme, right? Actually, what if Mark made it though? <laughs> no, <clears throat> it's a really fat baby. It's cute. Okay. Or like kid, maybe. I don't if know. If it's cute, then I think you can get away with anything. <gasps> oh, oh, wait up! This kid. Yeah, <laughs> that kid looks Aww. like a little power lifter. What did you Google? Fat Asian baby meme. Oh, yeah, he's been using a lot of memes. Yeah, he is. He's used in a few. I remember him. Dang, he's big, man. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor 
short guy. Yeah, I wonder. How, now he's like 16. He's all jacked. Hey, maybe. Maybe I get, hope he is. Speaking of getting jacked, have you guys Dope. seen Shaq? Yeah, I, I saw um, <laughs> I saw a screenshot on More Plates, More Days. <laughs> yeah, right? that's what I saw too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the video though. So Shaq's getting jacked. Dude. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, he he's... I think people forget, like, he, he was in amazing shape when he was young. In Come, really good shape. Coming out really, of, like, yeah. LSU, he's very lean. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he... I, it's just, like, talk about the higher end of, like, genetics, man. Yeah. And, and people are like, oh, he's probably on the juice or whatever. But, like, I just... I don't... I mean, it's just hard to say anything about that. That guy's just... He's different than everybody, right? Absolutely. There's nobody like Shaq. There is no one like Shaq. It's a Shaq attack. It's insane. He can fucking break dance and shit. You ever seen him break dance? Oh, there he is. Yeah, I've never seen him break dance. <laughs> All right. This is an angle for us to get him on the show. Now we got to figure out how to get him on the show. Huh. Fucking Matt Vincent went to LSU. He should be able to get Shaq for us, right? Yeah, easily. Easily. Somebody's got to be able to. They're both one of the greatest in their sport, too. So he looks awesome, man. He does. That's dope. Look at his traps. Doesn't matter how good you look or how rich you are, bathroom selfie's a bathroom selfie. It still looks <laughs> like a bathroom selfie. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we gotta get uh, some better lighting in the, uh, the ST bathroom. And that is seven feet. <laughs> Shit, man. Yo. I wonder what he weighs right there. Probably a fucking 300. I've seen his shoe before. It's like a size 22. Yeah. A I size 22 shoe doesn't make any sense. I remember that, that back in the day, like, uh, like on, um, like MTV or whatever, he'd be like, if, if my shoe's bigger than your rims, get out of here type, you know, like, it's <laughs> like back when rims, I don't know, rims still popular these days. It's been a while, but yeah, that's fucking crazy. A size 22. Is he 50 something at this point? He's, he's, he's gotta be. He's gotta be, right? He's gotta be 52, 50 something, 53. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what our research He didn't retire says. that long ago, but was it 10 years ago? Maybe a decade out of the game? Yeah, uh, like 2000. Retired at 40. He's probably 50. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Age. Oh, 49. 49. Okay. He's uh, he's done it all, man. He's rapper. <laughs> he's in Shazam. Hey, Shazam yeah, he, he did well in Shazam. He did well in Shazam. I liked that movie as a kid. He's got to make a comeback with the raps, I think. <laughs> he made shoes. He made shoes. I remember those? He made shoes. I um, remember like when I was a kid watching him and he was like buying uh stuff for kids for christmas mm -hmm. kids are less fortunate and he's like buying them playstations and shit i'm like this is mm -hmm. the coolest guy that i've ever seen <laughs> and then he's like he's like you know he's like people want to do all kinds of stuff with their fame and their money he's like i like to do this and he just started breakdancing out of nowhere <laughs> I, was like, I need to see so this cool. i'm like this, i didn't know he could break dance i'm like this oh, guy yeah. is, i'm like this guy is amazing he attributed he's uh, hilarious too yeah some of his like footwork on the court he attributed that to being able to dance and like just wow. being able to move, like Dude, how, move like not like a seven foot whatever he weighed. How funny is uh, him and Barkley on that like NBA show? You oh, guys ever they're see fantastic. Dude, I used to love watching that. Shaq said to Barkley one day, he's like, <laughs> he's like, yo, he goes, you can't do this. And Shaq for no reason gets up. And like puts his arms out like he's an airplane and starts yeah. going around the studio like he's an airplane. And then he comes back and sits back down like a little kid. And Barkley's like, you're dumb, man. He's like, you're, you're so stupid. He's like, he's like, that wasn't funny. He's like, that wasn't cool. Yeah. He's like, he's just dumb. <laughs> they really be roasting each other. I oh, love yeah. that. I love that. Oh, my God. Crushing each other. Dude, I used to love watching that NBA on TNT. <laughs> Back in the day, they had it every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They had a game on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Best thing ever in high school. Sorry, y'all know who Michael Rappaport is? Of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you see the KD thing that happened? Zebra Head. Z- oh, is that like his nickname or something? No, you got to watch movie. that movie. Bruh. Well, okay, so Mac- Rappaport calls himself the king of trash talk. And him and KD were going back and forth in the DMs. And KD like got pissed. He's like, all right, well, meet me over on this. You come guzzling, blah, blah, blah. Like he, he went in and Rappaport like, like he made it real. He made it real. Right. And Rappaport like sent back these DMs. Oh, I can't believe you're talking to me. Like you should be helping the kids in New York or some shit. Right. Because he knew that he was going to release these DMs and Katie just kept going in. And then he oh, put all shit. those DMs out Dang. and Katie was fine. 50 K. But Rappaport is like the king of trash talk. It's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of sad that you're now going to take this NBA players like mean DMs and you're going to put it out there. Like what? That's weird. Yeah, rap if goes Katie, hard in the yeah, paint. If he was DMing me, I'd be like, ooh, this is dope. I'm going to keep this. Katie's trash talking me. Yeah. This, <laughs> come on, man. Dude. Yeah, you, oh, man. I want to watch that movie now. Zebrahead? One, one of the greatest soundtracks ever. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it? Zebrahead? No. Yeah, it's a, it's an old no movie. It, it has uh, a lot to do with like interracial stuff, but it's, it's got rap in it. Pause. Interracial? Yeah. St- no. Zebrahead. Oh, oh. So it's black and white people. Oh, okay. But Sorry, he's, I you know, he's you're talking about something else. No, no, not not that, <laughs> not that in deep. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have uh, peanut butter cup eggs. <laughs> I did or, not. I didn't have any. I saw some. I didn't eat any, and I'm disappointed in myself. Where are these? <laughs> Just around Easter time. I still have a lot of kids in my family, so. I thought they were here in the office. There's a lot of candy. Everywhere. I do have protein bars if you guys want to try some. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys are down, it's up to you. Yes. Right now? Right now. All right. Well, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What are you doing, protein? I'll bars? eat. I'll I eat. I know you'll eat them, but. Hmm. All right. So you made these? No, nope, you... did not. Yeah. Oh. Who made them? Somebody made them in the bathtub? I brought each of you two. It's better oh. be worth it. I don't want to poop my pants. You won't. My stomach's growling, so I need something, obviously. My stomach. <laughs> the name of this bar, bro. Come on. Dude, it's so good. The Anna Bar. <laughs> really? <laughs> what butter. bro made this? Oh, Peanut God. butter and jelly. Cookies and cream? So, I know. So, there's one that's, I mean, they're both delicious, but there's one that's significantly better. So, you know, I'll let you guys taste test them but i need to look up this, i think uh, that Instagram. peanut butter and jelly is hard to get the flavor of so i'm gonna try yeah. cookies and cream first so these are these just released our boy remington james final boss performance it's dude wait till you try that uh that cookies and cream that's just you said this from it. remington james yeah check it out though <laughs> How it? this kind of looks like um it looks like the outright bar it's really, really good. Yep. It almost has like a peanut butter flavor to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. This is really good. <laughs> 20 grams of protein, huh? With protein, no artificial sweeteners. I was blown away. I was like, dude, I gotta get the guy some of these. It's really so, good. Yeah. Hmm. Damn, bro. I know, right? He did a good job. Mm-hmm. I like the name. Yeah, the, the name, oh my God, the Anabar. Mm-hmm. I actually text him. I was like, dude, I'm pissed off. I didn't think of that for some reason. And he's just like, yeah, it worked. It worked really well. And I ran with it. Like, that's amazing. I don't think Colleen Fauci eats anything like this. You know? <laughs> uh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude, what you guys know? You guys know anything about bobsledding? Nothing. Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Cool Runnings is a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> 
so it, it <laughs> it's so good but they they do that thing this like really it makes good. your mouth water you know yeah man this is really good it's great that i have copy right here too just <laughs> oh like, my god i just want to just want to <laughs> fucking gig on air right now man this is actually good shit man remington congratulations brother crushed it you need to send me a hundred of these <laughs> and if you don't i'm gonna talk shit on your bar i'm gonna no i'm joking bro. Yeah, these no. are really good these are awesome couldn't keep oh. them in stock they're great mm. 255 <laughs> calories that's the big thing right there so no artificial sweeteners 21 grams of protein but still under 300 uh calories 270 in this other one mm-hmm. how many grams of fat we dealing with uh, it's a little bit higher, but it's still, I mean, with that yeah. amount of calories, it ain't that high. So right, right. we're doing just 10 fine. or 12, probably. Mm-hmm. The peanut butter and jelly is like peanut butter and jelly, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I know it is, right? <laughs> Did you eat both? I took a bite of both, yeah. No, why? Are you self control? I didn't smoke through them, yeah. Not me. <laughs> I'm You're going to go right both. through them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we have to, like, we have a job right now. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to eat both. So, the wait, I want to <laughs> see the reaction. This does not require much. I mean, we've been high on the show before. <laughs> we've had mushrooms. fucking protein bars. <laughs> wait till you try this cookies and cream, though. All right. Let, me, let, me, let me cleanse the palate. I'm going to back yeah. up. Yeah. Remember yeah. That? Remember last time? Mm-hmm. We're, I'm still, I do I'm last still time? wiping stuff. Did off I hit you? I need gla- Can I borrow your glasses? Can't. I need that. What did I do? What did I do to you? Blast it everywhere. Yep. Clean the palate. Mm-hmm. What I, did I do to you last time? Nigerian super sperm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I busted. My bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. right through your pants. Uh huh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. This is good. This is really cool. Well, That's really good. good. Mm-hmm. So, what's I- better, food or sex? <laughs> Depends on how hungry you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in either direction. <laughs> depends on, in either direction. Yeah, it, it really depends, oh, man. Oh, man. If I haven't eaten for two days, food. Yeah. Versus. <laughs> Anyways, all right, we got to get rolling. But yeah, final boss performance. That shit's amazing. Way to go, Ank and Remington on wow, that. Wow, guys. Yeah. Mm. This is. Mm. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Crumb <laughs> just went flying everywhere. It's it's crumbly. I like the crumbliness. It, they're soft. They're nice and just. Ooh, ho, 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 yeah. Good job. <laughs> they're not. Guys. Um, they're not dry. They're no, not dry. No. It's the one. Ooh. Like a lot of times, protein bars like really, really mm-hmm. kind of dry. I also like that it doesn't have a coating on it. Mm-hmm. So the the white chocolate one does, but that one does not. Because mm-hmm. the coating like always like melts and gets weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's good. No, I, yeah, it's really hard not to eat the entire fucking box as soon as it came in. But oh God, yeah, I, I, I imagine. I, I tried to hold back so that way I can give you guys some. But. These are one of those things where you do need some self control. Yes, yes, you know, quite a bit. You need to be a you need to be an adult. But they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Looks like Colleen's ready to go. What? No, oh. no way. Way. Way protein. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. She's no. not ready. There's no way. Oh, there <laughs> she is. Hello. Hey. What's going on, Colleen Foch? Where's the thing? Not much. How are you guys? We're still always trying to figure out how to say your last name. Foch. Foch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of letters in there. Why, why so many weird letters thrown in there for no reason? Just why to confuse, is your name your name? confuse everybody? <laughs> it's like scotch, but Foch. Ah, there we ah, go. Yeah. Hmm. 
So what the hell's been going on? You've been doing some uh, like bobsledding. Like where? How did this come to be? What's up with that? Yeah, seriously, it's absolutely nuts. Never in a million years that I think I'd be doing that. But uh, so basically, last uh, summer, yeah, and around July, um, Kaylee Humphreys, one of the pilots on the U.S. team reached out to me um, and asked if I had ever thought about bobsledding. I was like, honestly, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) only because I had no idea how people got into it. I thought every bobsledder only came from track. And I was like, I'm the opposite of track (laughs) coming from swimming and CrossFit. Um, And so we started talking a bit, um, had some meetings with the coaches over there um, on the U.S. team And then one thing led to another. We got to train together a bit just to see what um, the bobsled training was like. I drove out to California and then she let me know um, around September or a little bit before that I could have the opportunity to go out to the Olympic Training Center um, to try bobsledding out and then potentially go through the trials process of making the national team. Um, And she was like, hey, there's no promises with any of this. And like, hey, you might go down the track and absolutely hate it. Um, But, you know, you'll never know until we try. So kind of took a leap of faith (laughs) a bit there and felt like it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So went out there in uh, mid to late September. Um, And then we got on the track for the first time, I think, early November. And then, yeah. You're you're digging it. it You're having a good time with it. it. Yeah, it was. I had. It's so interesting how I kept asking everyone, um, you know, what to expect. What does it feel like going down the track? All this stuff, and everyone tries to explain it, but they're like, "Hey, listen, you just—it's something you have to experience. It's not like a roller coaster. It's not like anything." else and i was like come on it's got to be like something and then having gone in it i was like yeah you're right it's really like nothing i've ever experienced before and it was absolutely crazy i think my biggest fear going down at first well one was i was like i just need to get in the sled i was like i can't not get in the sled um one that's embarrassing and two (laughs) it makes it so much harder for the pilot to get down the track Um, but I, so I get car sick really easy Mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I, (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I'm just going to puke everywhere when I get to the bottom or anything, but I was totally fine. And for whatever reason, bobsledding does not trigger any motion sickness. So that's good. (laughs) I'm so curious. Like when you went down there the first day, because I don't know, I'd assume that people that bobsled have been bobsledding for a minute. But when you went down there for the first day, you are a powerful athlete. You you seem like you're probably probably pretty fast, too. Um, Did they notice anything that was like, oh, shit, she like she's better at this than majority of these other athletes? Or like what what like what had you stand out from a lot of these other athletes that may have come from just the track background? Because you, Mm. you did so many other like sick things as an athlete. Oh, thanks. Well, I would say for me and still what I'm working on. So. Um, I'm a strong, like you said, I, that was my strength back in CrossFit and swimming. I was strong and powerful, um, definitely fast in the water, but I've never had to 
um, technically learn how to sprint. So, I mean, I've done a few sprinting things here and there in CrossFit. Um, like when we were training for the games, practicing somewhat of a sprint event, but it, it was usually shuttle style or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I've never really gone over sprinting mechanics. Um, and so that's the biggest thing. And that's what, you know, me versus, um, some track athletes that are bobsledding or, um, have been bobsledding is just the overspeed and getting comfortable with running downhill. Overspeed? Um, which is, sorry, what? What's overspeed? Or just like the running downhill component. Uh, okay. So not just sprinting, but then, um, like it reminds me a lot of in swimming to prep for big meets. Cause I was a sprinter in swimming. We would do, uh, like bungee work where you have like a bungee with a belt tied to you. And so it's like assisted swimming. Yeah. Um, so essentially like that, like getting comfortable when you're running downhill and still putting, still pushing the sled, not just running behind it. So I think that's like, for me, the first few times, there's just an oh shit moment of you're running downhill and you're like, this thing feels like it's going to get away from me shit, and yeah. I just need to get into it. So, running so that's downhill definitely, is, uh, definitely running, something uh, um, that took some getting used to and, and still working on just being able to uh, not only keep up with the sled, but still applying force on it while you're going downhill. That yeah. sounds so frightening. Yeah, running downhill yeah. is fucking impossible too, even without a sled. Yeah. Kills your knees. <laughs> Holy shit. What do you have to do, do any special uh prep to get your body ready and prepared for that? Like and or do you do anything now that's like specifically for the knees or does it not bother your knees that much? It actually hasn't been bad. I've definitely had to incorporate um just some exercises in my warm-up or after uh my workouts as accessory for like Achilles, adductor, um, hip flexors. Um, my ankles are super mobile and loose, especially from swimming. Mm. So kind of working on getting them to stiffen up almost. Um, so been doing a lot of that lately. So being strong was just helpful though. As soon as you went down the track, it was something that like maybe separated you out from maybe some of the other people or are the other people involved in bobsledding super strong as well. The, I mean, definitely very, very strong. I think it helped that um, I already had that base. Um, sometimes, you know, an athlete, maybe the opposite of me would come in with the overspeed component and the sprinting component, but then have to work on um, building up the strength. So it's nice that I have that. I mean, the thing, the goal is still to get stronger, more powerful. It's not that you get to a point you're like, well, I'm strong enough now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, that's always a component, but definitely for me and my training right now, we're prioritizing the speed component just because that's lacking a little bit. So just trying to get that um, up a little bit. How is your body holding up? You know, you're, you've been competitive for a very long time now. You were a swimmer at Cal Berkeley, correct? Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, you competed in the CrossFit games and, uh, where you were going at it hard and CrossFit for a long time. And then now you're transitioning to this other sport, which is very physical. Um, are you banged up? You getting injured here and there? You're feeling pretty good. I actually feel, I mean, there's always like, uh, you know, little, like my ankles, like getting used to it. Um, uh, Achilles definitely were pretty sore the first few days. Like we went on. So the Olympic training center has a push track 
that is essentially like the frame of a bobsled on um, just a regular uh, like track uh, material. Mm. And so it's just on some rails so you can practice just the initial hits and pushes. Um, So we did a bunch of that before we actually got on the ice. And I definitely noticed that my Achilles and calves were not used to that. And I've just never had to, you know, running downhill is just not something I had to do. So my body definitely had to get used to that a bit. My hip flexors were so sore (laughs) at the beginning. Um, But honestly, as my body's adapted to it, I feel really good. Um, I I mean, there's definitely days like certain I've I've only been on two tracks thus far. And um, like Lake Placid is definitely a rough track. And the first time I went down, my neck was so sore. Um, But now it's definitely adapted to it. Um, I would say more, I just don't feel super beat up. Like there's definitely, I think there's still an adaptation process. Like my body's still figuring out what we're doing, but overall I feel really good. Um, as far as like, you know, you right now on that bobsled team, is there like a, a roster of people like, and uh, everyone's training to be the, to, to be like on the like specific Olympic team or are you like on the Olympic bobsled team? Cause I'm curious, like if there's like reserves or any type of that type of stuff, how that works and wh- how it yeah, works so when the, you get to the Olympics. Right. So the Olympic team has not been picked yet. Oh, okay. So they pick the team pretty close to when the Olympics will happen, which is in February of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes a lot of sense because you know, picking it now, there's so much that can happen in a few months, whether it's people all of a sudden peaking like really close to the Olympics or, or just, you know, showing out more, um, or injuries or like stuff like that. So we'll, this summer we'll do a bunch more testing and evaluation to kind of help, um, the coaches and the committee select that team. It also depends on how many, sleds we qualify for the olympics so um we're hoping to qualify three sleds which would be awesome because then that's more spots for brakeman as well what does um, that mean exactly and Qual- yeah and qualifying sleds so basically um uh like any other olympic team yeah. um you have to basically it goes by your overall rank in the world and so I believe it's uh, only a few countries can qualify three sleds. Mm -hmm. So, and not every country will have three competitive sleds, but I believe it's going right now. It's looking like it's between us, Canada. um, And I think maybe two other countries kind of battling it out for that third sled. So it'll depend on. So next season, when that starts up in the fall, um, there will be a lot of World Cup races, and depending on how those go and just the world rankings and points and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that'll dictate who gets a third sled. Um, and then depending on whether we have two or three, then there's a committee that um, picks who... So each sled needs a brakeman, and then also each sled needs an alternate. Yeah. So if there's two sleds or be four people six or three there'll be six um so yeah so there's always alternates and stuff just in case anything were to happen um at the olympics so yeah isn't a bobsled isn't it fucking cold (laughs) like what's a california girl doing like on a track full of ice (laughs) 
<laughs> and your your sisters must have gave you shit. They must have been like, "What's going on with this? This is weird." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did grow up for a good majority of my childhood in uh, Illinois, so I was like a little prepared. Um, but I will say that, especially having lived in Arizona for about three years, uh, it was a rude awakening <laughs> going to Lake Placid, New York, and having it be the last time we were there, one of the days was 15 below, Ooh, I think. Holy shit. <laughs> and it's uh, that's one of the yeah. coldest areas in the whole United States, I think. There are certain times of year. Yeah, it's and it's one thing to just be that cold, but then to try and warm up and push when it's that cold is a whole nother ballgame. But but I mean, you get used to it and you get a lot smarter about what you wear and layering and wearing like three to four pairs of pants. And it's yeah, no more CrossFit outfits. (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely uh i think yesterday um i uh started working out again this week or training this week and it was the first time i've worked out in shorts in months <laughs> i was That's like so free. only pants out there <laughs> and he said only pants and i just that was kind of funny um <laughs> okay i'm sorry uh so not only pants but <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. This is going to sound so dumb, but you know, I mean, and you, you've probably gotten this so much, but everyone saw cool runnings as a kid, right? Yeah. And you yeah, saw yeah. four bobsledders. Now going through your IG, right. when I see you, it's like you and one other person. So is there like right. different bobsleds? Like what's the deal with that? Yeah. So men get four man with the four people and two men and women get two women and So basically, actually, two of our pilots fought really hard over the last few years because up until this year, um, it's always been men have the two events of four man and two man, and we only have two man. And they fought super hard just because it's uh, less opportunities to get a medal. It's less people in the sport. um, And they were trying really hard to get um, four man to be an event for women. And the they just weren't budging with it, unfortunately. Um, and it's really a shame because I mean, so uh, to backtrack a little bit. So instead of four men, they gave women monobob, which is a single person sled. Um, Do men have that cool. too? Uh, sorry, what? Do men have monobob too? No. So that's essentially our second event in. Um, as opposed to four man. Um, and I mean, so Alana and Kaylee, two of our pilots, um, both Olympic medalists, uh, both total badasses. They, you know, they raced four man. They got people together just to prove that women could do it and were fully capable of doing it. Um, but you know, unfortunately it didn't happen. I think it'd be really cool in the future if it did. Um, I think it's still great that there is a second event. Um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, selfishly for me, I wish four man was a thing. Uh, it's super, I think it's just, it would get more people into the sport. There's more opportunities. Um, and even though it's, it's definitely a team sport, there's the two of you walking up there and you've got a get this sled down the track as fast as possible. But there's definitely like watching the guys, there's way, you know, when there's four of you, there's um, even more of a timing component into it. Um, 
you've got more of like a squad up there. Um, and still, I mean, I love two man, not saying it, but like, I think it would be cool if one day um, women could have both. Um, but, but yeah, so that's why. Uh, Any idea what the thought process was behind not, you know, women not having that in the beginning? Like, do you think, uh, was it physical? Did, did people used to think that the women wouldn't be strong? Like, do you need to be stronger for the four men type thing? Uh, so, I mean, the sled definitely is heavier um, and it goes faster just because it's a heavier sled. You've got more bodies in there. Um, and I think that I'm not t- 100% positive, but I do believe that was a component that um, certain people might have thought that women weren't physically capable of doing that. So I think that's what um, Alana and Kaylee were out to prove. They're like, OK, you think we can't. We're going to show you we can. And they did. Um, I mean, even uh, like while we were having um, our trials race, like one of the girls um, helped out one of the guys teams and like got in on a sled. So, I mean, I believe that we are 100 percent physically capable of doing so. Um, And it would be really cool. Um, But yeah, but for now, um, we, we don't. What's up with the other stuff like luge and uh, what is it? Skeleton, right? Like, um, yeah. So th- those are done. Are those done on the same kind of like, I guess maybe I'll just say track. I don't know what it's called, but are they done yeah. in the same areas? Is it like, uh, is it maybe similar to swimming where swimming and diving, they're both done in water, but they literally have nothing to do with each other. It is very similar. So like we are like USA bobsled and skeleton. So we so skeleton goes down the same track they go down um, uh, head first right yeah and then luge is on your back you're on your stomach right yeah yeah skeleton's on your stomach luge is on your back what never heard of going 110 miles an hour or something why do they call it skeleton i'm sorry is this like on a sled on your stomach what's the deal here what's oh on, on a sled you're yeah, on a you're sled you're on like your stomach and you're like a fucking <laughs> torpedo with a special helmet on <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so it's yeah it's crazy have you tried that no would you no, <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> maybe from like so there's different starts going down the track because mm-hmm. like when drivers are first starting out you're not just like okay we're going from the top today <laughs> um so that would be terrifying but so they'll start um like lake placid i believe has four different starts so they'll start um at start four and then kind of work their way up so if i were to do it i would definitely want which i'm sure they would tell me to start from start four but that's where i would yeah So how often are you going on the track itself? Because it seems like, um, I don't don't know the logistics of it all, but it seems like a pain in the ass to get the sled all the way to the top of the the track and then eventually go down. It's almost like uh, you probably have to do a shit ton of work before you actually do that. But uh, yeah, how often are you actually going into the, uh, the track to try to, you know, perfect your time and all that? Yeah, so... It kind of depends during which part of the season, but when we were out there for team trials and all that stuff, we were going out to the track, I want to say like five days a week, um, depending on the week and everything, um, and then having days off before race days. Um, But yeah, there's definitely a lot of moving things, whether it's sleds or anything else. There's so much that I didn't know went into it. Um, and so basically 
how our day starts. Like if we were going to start sliding at three o'clock, um, we would probably get to the garage around like one, one thirty. Um, you prep the sled, put the runners on the sled, flip it down, get it on a truck, get on the truck with the sled, ride it to the start of the track, unload the sled, move it over. Um, and then there's these things called scabbards, which go onto the runners, make it easier to move, protect the runners. You get those off, put it on the ice. There's like this ice pad right next to the start of the track. Put it on there. Then you go warm up, get in the sled, go down the track, and then you get it on scabbards again, get it on another truck, and then you bring it all the way back up. Wow. So it's like, there. it's definitely... Uh, I mean, I think that's also a component that has helped me, like just moving object, heavy objects around. Like that's something that I'm like, okay, like I'm ready to do this. Like I was made to do that. So, uh, so that's one thing that, uh, yeah, I wasn't too, I didn't know it was a component at first, but definitely uh, was ready to go. The sled's like 600 pounds, maybe? Yeah, the uh, the four men are around that. The women's sled are around... Uh, get the exact number like mm. three something mm. so and then how do you yeah. prep this thing like you gotta like pour coconut oil on it or something <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are we doing to this the thing? olympics they use mct oil yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the uh which runners the pilot selects depends on the weather and the condition of the ice um, so like they'll pick different, um, thickness of runner depending on how cold it is. Um, so like fatter runners are going to be faster, but you have less control on the ice. Um, so they'll pick each pilot has, um, a few sets of runners. Um, and then depending on the day and for training days, those they'll use like a crappier set of runners than on a race day. Um, and then we get the runners on the sled, we'll align them and all that. And then for a race day, the nights leading up to it, we'll sand the runners to make them super shiny and nice and fast. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so there's a lot of prep work in that as well. Yeah. Do I mean, I, I thought you guys would have like a, a whole team. Like, I didn't know that you yourself were actually a part of that. Um, just in my head, yeah. I'm thinking like, Oh, the, the, you know, this is the Olympics here. So like, yeah. they probably have like a whole nother squad that like, I'm like some engineers and shit like that are like going <laughs> to know exactly what degree of, you know, this and that. But I, I yeah. find that interesting that it's you guys that actually are the ones that are like literally picking up the damn sled and putting it back on top of the hill. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Wild. And I mean, we have, we also have great, um, a great lead mechanic who helps with, um, like testing out new stuff on the sled and getting that race day prepped. But yeah, I mean, it's all, as far as moving and stuff, it's all us. And I mean, I think that's also something too, like on race days, um, we kind of, it's like an unspoken thing. Like, you know, if you're racing, like you focus on your race, like what you need to do, warming up and all that stuff. And if you're not racing, like we're going to move your sled to the line. So like you're not getting yourself exhausted before the race. So that's where um, just the team component of it helps a lot. And then you know that like, okay, like I'm going to help my teammates on their race days and then like they'll help me on mine. So um, yeah. You guys ever mess up and the sled just takes off on you and you're like, <laughs> fuck. And it goes all the way down the hill. 
Uh, no, I, I have, I have not. No, I, I, I mean, I picture everyone being of, so sad, being like, oh, because I mean, if it's gone, it's probably gone, right? I mean, oh yeah, I mean, I haven't seen where like no one gets in. I mean, I've seen videos where the brakemen don't get in. Yeah, and then you're just like, oh man, that's that's brutal. <laughs> Right. So, so I'm so curious, like what's going on inside the sled? Because it's like, okay. Um, and also there are no weight classes for this, right? Cause I was wondering like, if let's just say some really big, strong person's in there. Well, since there's like more weight, maybe it moves faster. So there's yeah. that component I'm curious about, but also inside the sled, what does your body kind of do to like, are you guys like on turns? Is your body moving the one way or another way? Is there a wheel? Like, what's the deal? Like, how, how's, how's it work? Yeah. So, um, so there's no weight classes per se, but there is a max weight uh, that you can be like, so you, the sled, um, or the two people on the sled, there's a max weight you can weigh. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. If there wasn't, I'd be like gaining all the weight and be like, yeah. here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so it's ideal if, um, there's also a minimum that the sled can weigh. So ideally the two, the pilot and the brakeman are weighing enough where you don't have to, um, cause you do want to be heavy going down the track. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a gravity sport, but, uh, but you want to ideally um, like me, if me and my pilot are super light, then we're trying to add weight into the sled to make it heavier, but then we have to push the heavier sled. So ideally you want that weight on you and not on the sled. Yeah. Um, but um, sorry, what was your other question? Inside of the sled, like, is there a wheel oh, yeah, yeah. or something or are you guys just kind of like, how do you, do you physically, other than the initial part where you push the sled and gain that momentum, yeah. how do you gain an advantage as you're sliding down? What's your body doing inside? Yeah. So the pilot has um, what are called D rings. So it's not like a steering wheel. It's literally just these little rings that look like that attached to um, some bungee cords. So the runners just turn like this. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's super slight movements. Like I've seen pilots or talk or I've talked to them about like, it's super like, centimeters of movement you're not like (laughs) steering like this yeah um so it's super super um like small adjustments but um and then as for me i hop in um and it's super minimal inside the sled there's no like i mean there's kind of a seat but it's like very um relatively bare in there Mm -hmm. like you have what you need you don't want like excess stuff um And so like, we'll add padding here and there. Like if you go down you've got like huge bruises somewhere, um, like in training, sometimes, uh, we'll wear like knee pads or elbow pads just so we're not getting beat up for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, but then on race day, like you have way less stuff on you. Um, but when you get in, you've got foot pegs to kind of press against, So that's a big thing. So like pressing, um, against the foot pegs to keep your butt back, So it's like a balance of you don't want to be getting thrown all over the sled because then you're causing more movement in the back. Mm -hmm. And that's just more difficult for the pilot. But you also don't want to be so rigid that you're not like moving at all. So um, for me, like I'm thinking about really pushing through the foot pegs um, and just staying as low as possible because you don't want to 
your head to be so high that you're causing um it's just bad for aerodynamics oh, yeah, and all like that. that. Um but yeah, but there's not necessarily like leaning or anything, but it does help to that was one thing like in prepping for um I mean my first run down the track, I was just like, Holy shit, what the fuck did I get myself into? I had no idea where I was on the track or what was going on. But now it's cool because um like there's POV videos on YouTube that you can watch. Um and just knowing where you are in the track um, at what time really helps. So you just know where the sled is going to go. So you're not getting thrown um, side to side a ton. So then your your eyes, you're, you're actually not even seeing the track at all? No, I mean, I can sometimes I open my eyes. Like the only thing I can see is there is um, <sighs> like a hole in the bottom of the sled for the brake to go through. Um, so, I mean, I can see like just ice going by, but other than that, like, no, Wait, I can't see anything. <laughs> did I hear you say that sometimes you open your eyes? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, some, like, I feel like sometimes I'll close them. Sometimes I open them. Wow. Just depends. <laughs> oh man. So that's a lot of just trying to memorize each track then. Oh my God. You yeah. It's that. definitely, um, and some tracks are easier to, again, I've only been on two, uh, some tracks are easier to uh kind of feel than others mm. um like i've been in park city and then lake placid and they're super super different um park city is um not as aggressive on the body um lake placid is rough like you really feel it um park city is really smooth so you could do s- tons and tons of runs on that and be good to go closing your eyes is really interesting you can sometimes concentrate more like if you're lifting sometimes it helps calm you down a little bit do you ever do yeah. that in SEMA? do you ever do that in jujitsu sometimes oddly close enough, your eyes right yeah oddly enough yeah like, or look away from the opponent you don't really need to see him right yeah no sometimes i'll close my eyes especially when things are feeling really good like it allows you to just feel around and feel what you're doing it, it kind of in some cases it makes things a little bit easier it's really weird i yeah, can't yeah, explain no it. it makes sense that you're processing too many things at one time and moving that fast it actually makes quite a bit of sense to have your <laughs> have your eyes closed yeah right. hard to interpret yeah. what's going on when you're how fast are you going approximately um so at lake placid i think the speeds were around uh like 70 80 miles an hour Damn. um i think the fastest track is i haven't been on it but um in whistler I think that's the supposedly the fastest one. I'd imagine. I'd imagine at some point you must have flipped, right? Um, what's that experience like if you if you have flipped over? I mean, it seems like uh, you just continue down the track upside down, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, so it's very rare that like they'll go all the way over. And I actually did have my first crash um, in Park City, um, and it was funny. Um, my boyfriend, who's actually on the men's team. He, I, I made a comment uh, a few months in, s- something about like, oh, I'm a real bobsledder now, like kind of joking. He's like, you're not a real bobsledder until you crash. And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, but uh, not something that I was like, oh, man, I got to crash now. That wasn't <laughs> my thinking at all. But, uh, but in Park City, for one of our North America's Cup races, um, we it was our second run so each race you get two runs and then your score is the total time mm. um and it was our second run 
And um, that track has 15 curves. Yeah, 15. And um, we crashed out of, I think it was 13. Um, And I remember, and the good thing is the pilots and everything go over crash protocol and what to do. Um, And I was thinking, I was like, if we crash, there's no way I'm going to be coherent enough to be like, oh, remember to do this. Mm -hmm. But it was good that I, I was... I mean, like your adrenaline just goes through the roof. So um, uh, I just remember uh, it goes really, because it's very loud when you're going down the track. And right before we crashed, it got really silent. And then all of a sudden I felt something on my back and I was like, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it was the ice on my back, just from one of the walls. Um, And then I felt like the ice on my head And so we actually ended up sliding through the finish line and this track, uh, there's a low point. So you actually are going a little bit uphill to go through the finish line. And so we actually got through the finish. So our time counted and everything um, because we were both in the sled. But then because it was uphill a little bit, we slid back. And then so we just went back and forth and back. And I was like, when is this going to end? (laughs) And honestly, that was scarier than the initial crash for me, just because you're picking up a lot of speed and like your head is on the ice. Um, And they say to like rotate between like your head being on the ice. Like if you feel um, like you're starting to get like an ice burn on your shoulder, you can like rotate between the two. Um, But we were both fine. Thankfully, like I had some ice burns on my back, but um, that's why we were burn vests. So um, yeah, so we were all, all good. What are the uh, what's it like dealing with the the g forces of you know going down and and having the uh, sled kind of take you every which way? Yeah, so the so Park City definitely has more g's. Like you feel like some of the curves, it just feels like someone's just pushing on your back so hard. <laughs> um, and then whereas Lake Placid has less of that, and it's more of the just getting rocked side to side. Um, it's definitely, uh, like one of the runs I felt like my abs were going to cramp oh, a little bit. Just you'd be so toast like, if that happened. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it also like, you got to make sure that you go to the bathroom before oh, the races. Oh, yeah. Cause like, that's what people told me. They're like, even if you think you might have to go to the bathroom before, just go. Cause like, there's no holding it. <laughs> you're going down that has there been any um like anything that can prepare you for that or did they tell you like no the only way to get used to the g's and all this stuff is to actually just get out there and you know go down the track uh i mean i think yeah definitely experience for sure um as far as like the sports med team is really good about um giving like neck strengthening exercises, stuff like that, just so you don't get as beat up from uh, the runs. But, but yeah, just getting reps down the track helps a ton. And like outside, you know, outside of the Olympics or preparing for the Olympics, do, I mean, are there a lot of bobsled competitions going on or do some of these athletes just go back to what they do? Like you go back to whatever you were doing before and whatever. And then when it gets closer, people start really doing bobsledding again. Yeah. So 
like we won't get back on the ice um, until next fall. And that's usually when like the season starts Mm -hmm. um, or when it did last, um, last year. But the really cool thing is actually in Lake Placid, they just built an ice house. So it's essentially um, like what we have as a push track, but ice instead of a track, Mm -hmm. Um, which is just awesome because especially for brakemen, we can get reps at practicing our pushing without having to go down a track. And you can just get way more reps because when you are going down a track, like that's a lot for the pilot and the brakeman. So you're doing at max like three runs a day. Whereas like in ice house, you can get as many hits as you want. Cause it's not, um, cause you're not having to go down the whole track. So that'll be really nice to have. Did you have to change your training up quite a bit? You know, I'd imagine like the other bobsledders probably do certain exercises and stuff. Did you have to incorporate those or you just went along with what you normally do? Oh yeah. Training has changed a lot. Um, intensity is way higher. Reps are much lower. Um, uh, getting to lift a lot heavier, which is very fun for me. Um, so yeah, I would say the biggest thing is I get a lot of rest now, um, which is definitely needed for the workouts I'm doing, but I definitely, it was something I wasn't used to. Like I'm so used to just going into the gym and I'm like, we just got to move through everything as fast as possible. And, um, even just working up to sets in whether it's squats, cleans or whatever, it was always like, we just got to do it quickly. Um, and, and just getting better at, um, being more explosive through my lifting. Um, and as well as, yeah, like the reps have changed drastically. Like I'm working towards, um, putting a little more emphasis on like what my one rep max or three rep maxes would be versus me trying being able to rep out 80%, you know, 20, 30 times, whatever it is. Um, and then also another big thing is, uh, how I, run now and my running workouts are very different. Like before, you know, I was training to run five K's or, you know, a few miles with a backpack and then into a one art max, something like that. Whereas now, um, you know, running lots of thirties, sixties, tens, stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's whole new world. (laughs) You're on the track a lot. I'd imagine, right. Running. Yeah. So we've been primarily, um, yeah, either on turf or a track. Um, so yeah, been very different. Got myself said track spikes. So that was, that was really cool. Something different. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been really, really fun. Uh, Sometimes very frustrating just because, you know, it's learning a whole new skill. Um, but also very rewarding. Are you pretty fast in comparison to some of the other girls? I would say um, I'm definitely not the fastest. Um, That's where I've got a lot of room um, or I think I have the most to gain and that. Um, So I would say like, even right now I'm not lifting as much as, I mean, left to my own devices, I would just lift all the Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Um, But we have to uh, just prioritize the sprinting and stuff more um, because that will be part of, what we're evaluated on this summer. Like we'll do a little combine um, that will have a sprint component to it. So I got to make sure that I 
show up for that. What's the main struggle with like sprint mechanics being someone who hasn't like done much sprinting in the past and adding yeah. that in. So what, what, what were some of your main hurdles when learning how to sprint um, correctly? Yeah, I would say uh, dorsiflexion was just not something that I was used to. Um, and I would say because of how my ankles are and what they've, I mean, with swimming, um, you know, super good to have really mobile, flexible ankles. Same thing with CrossFit, like really helped with pistols and um, my lifting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely noticed like watching some of my first uh, sprinting and pushing videos when I go to plant my foot, my ankle would kind of collapse, which is just, you know, like you're just leaking so much power that like you want to cast your ankle. So, you know, the rest of your, your hips, your glutes, hamstrings can actually do the work. Um, So that's been why we've been working so much on that. Is there any, um, I I guess odd or, just anything super hyper specific to bobsledding, like as far as like exercises and things where you weren't doing before, but now, you know, I don't like jumping into the sled or something like that, where you're like, Oh now I have to do this over and over and over. Um, as far as like weight room stuff goes, I would say there's nothing like, um, well, I would say like for working on the initial hit, like doing, um, like sprint accelerations off of a block. So like setting up like a two by four or something with some weights behind it, just so it doesn't slip and like practicing really exploding off that block versus starting in like a three point stance or something like that. Um, and yeah, so that's been something that, um, just getting used to. And that's something that I can practice here wherever, um, even if I'm not on the ice. So that's been good. What about just like learning this like new sport in general? Was that, has that been difficult transat transition? Like, uh, I don't know, you go to a track and you go somewhere and someone's like, Oh, that's so-and-so. And you're like, Oof, like, I don't, like, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are, you know, and the coaches and stuff like that. Was that a hard process and the terminology even? Yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, when I first got there, Um, there were just so many moving parts and they're now looking back. I'm like, man, there was so much I didn't know. And still, I mean, I'm still learning every day, but, um, I think it was one of those things where I was like, I want to help, but I like, don't want to break anything. And I like, I'm so nervous. Like, um, so I think that's the thing was just, and luckily the pilots on the team are super, super good at just teaching the new brakeman and, um, yeah, I mean, there was so much stuff like, you know, we align, especially with prepping the sled that I just had no idea, um, like sh- what shims were and why we use them on the runners. And um, I don't know, just using more tools than I ever have in my life, which my dad is, you know, probably so proud of. But, uh, but yeah, there was definitely um, a learning curve for sure. Um, and then I think also, Part of it is uh, it's been super humbling. Um, I, you know, pride myself in being a very athletic person. And I think it's hard sometimes to go back to, but I feel like CrossFit kind of prepared me for it because CrossFit's always adding in new things and you kind of have to let go um, or check your ego at the door and be like, I'm going to look stupid for a bit, Um, but that's okay. Like even doing 
you know, going through track warmups in front of people who have been doing this their whole life. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know I look ridiculous right now, but I just got to do this because if I don't do it, I'm not going to get any better. So it, it's definitely um, very humbling at times, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, that's, that's part of it. That's part of learning anything new. So it's actually what I was going to ask you. Like, I mean, there are some people who've just been doing this for the longest time. Um, how, like, do you, are there quite a few other athletes out there that are kind of new like you or are a majority, if not all other people there, do they have a bit of a history with bobsledding? Uh, so most have been doing it for, um, like there's some people on the team who've been doing it like 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few that this is like their third or fourth season. Um, and then uh, like Kelsey Keel, who came from CrossFit, like we came in at the same time, brand new. So that was really cool to just have. Uh, we had actually never met before until bobsledding, which is so funny because we both like knew of each other through Instagram and stuff. Um, but so that was really cool to come in with someone who also knew absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and coming from the same sport, like that helped a lot too. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of all over the place with how long people have been doing it. I could see a lot of CrossFitters start getting like, just, just because the build of like the, the general, you know, archetype of a high level CrossFitter. I see a lot of CrossFitters start getting into bobsled. Have you, after what you've done recently, have a lot of CrossFitter like women hit you up and like, Hey, what's that like? Or I'm curious about it or not really. Uh, Not a ton, but I do remember like I had one um, friend of mine was like, uh, she just said like, Oh, that looks so fun. Or she said something like I was doing this horrible CrossFit workout today, and I was just like, I just want to push a sled. I was like, (laughs) 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 Um, uh, but but yeah, like stuff like that. But actually, uh, not not too many. Not too many. Did you make some of this transition uh, before or after some of the CrossFit like fallout that happened? Um. So I think it was after. Um, but it definitely wasn't like going into until, you know, I started talking to Kaylee and the team and stuff. Um, I was fully prepared to keep going. I was like, okay, I've made it as an individual. Um, and I just want, my goal was to make the top 10 at the CrossFit games. That was my next big goal. I was like, all right, like, I know what I have to work on. Um, and what's the furthest you made it? Sorry, what? What's the furthest that you made it in the CrossFit games? I got, so in 2019, I was 27th, I believe. So yeah. Um, And yeah, and that was definitely like a tough year as it was for a lot of athletes with the new cuts and stuff like that. I definitely wasn't the only one going through all that. Um, And, but did a lot of good reflecting um, after the games and, what I really wanted to do moving forward. And, and that was the game plan. So, I mean, it was, it definitely wasn't like I was on my way out of CrossFit and then this kind of came along. Like I was full speed ahead with CrossFit, but then like, you know, God works in really crazy ways sometimes. And um, this just seemed like a really good opportunity. Um, And I feel very, very good about the decision to do this. Yeah. In school for 
Um, so I am finishing up my master's in kinesiology. And then a few months ago, I started a um, applied business data analytics um, degree through ASU. Um, so that's been super fun. And actually, my sister is take and it's all remote, which is great. Cause that sounds really super- boring, Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it is. (laughs) (laughs) My last class was Advanced Excel, and I was like, Advanced Excel. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) So much fucking spreadsheets. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. It was like one of the most frustrating. Like, I would get out of exams like two and a half hours, and I just look like I, like, I don't know, just total bugging out of your head, right? Yeah, it was just like, but it's been really cool. Um, Just something I was really interested in and um, was looking around for a degree like that and then found the one through ASU. And it's been extremely rewarding just because that's so in the past, that's something that I would always be like, well, that's just not something I'm good at. That doesn't come easy to me. The math, science, all that stuff. Like, I mean, in advanced Excel, we were coding and whatnot. And I was like, that's just not, like, not something that's up my alley. So it's like, I mean, I have to work my ass off in it. But when I do well in it, it's just that much more rewarding because it's just not something that comes easy to me. Um but so it's, it's definitely, I mean, there are some days where I'm like, why did I do this myself? Mm-hmm. But, but I really, really do enjoy it. Any idea what you'll do with those degrees? Uh, so I would love to work for a company where I can kind of mesh the two um, things of like data science as it pertains to like health, wellness, um, athletic performance, that type of thing. Um So like stuff like, you know, Apple Plus is doing their fitness thing. Like Mm -hmm. you've got Aura Ring, Whoop, like stuff like that. Um, So I would love to potentially um, work at a company where I can kind of work on like the back end of some of that stuff. So I think that'd be really cool. As an athlete, actually, do you um, do you use any wearables or devices and do you track any metrics for your heart rate, the recovery, et cetera, or do you kind of just do that intuitively? Uh, so I started using, um, first I started using aura ring cause both my parents got one and sleep is definitely something that, um, I tend to struggle with some, just like falling asleep, getting really good consistent sleep. So, um, I kind of wanted to do this cause I felt like it would hold me accountable a little more like knowing that every morning I was going to open an app and like, it's going to show you right then and there, like if you got enough sleep. Mm. Um, and then I was just curious about um, the whoop. So I got one of those and I've got my Apple watch as well. So I've got lots, <laughs> lots of things. Um, I think for me, like it's fun to just geek out on all the data. I would say that um like for me, it, it depends. Like I really do like looking at the sleep component, especially like that. I'm really interested in that. I would say that I'm the type of person who like, especially around my races and stuff with bobsledding, I just didn't look at any of it because, you know, if for whatever reason, like my aura ring loop or whatever is saying you're not recovered. And then I've gotten the back of my head that whole day. Well, I'm not recovered. I probably am not going to do a Like, not that that should 
affect me now, but like, it is something versus like me just going based on how I feel. And at the end of the day, whether I wake up feeling a hundred percent or 70% or whatever, like I've still got to perform. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so I think for me, like I love seeing the data, but especially around times where, um, I'm trying to perform, it's better for me if I just don't look at it. Um, so, but yeah. Anything special you do for recovery? I know that I think you do like ice baths and like what what else do you do for recovery? Yeah, so um ice baths for sure. Um also regular baths. Um got some good like C B D bath bombs that I like to use. Um, those are nice. Um and just blood flow and stretching. I mean, most of the time like I don't want to do it, but I know that I'm going to feel better if I do. Um, and also I'm also traveling with all my sidekick tools and stuff like that, like muscle scraping, rolling out all that good stuff. Um, and then sleep, especially just like my sleeping and eating are a huge component to my recovery. Um, as much as I was, I would say like, especially in my CrossFit career, that was one thing, my sleeping, I I knew what I had to do to get better sleep and I just was really stubborn and mm. I just didn't want to do it. Um, so that's one thing that I've been really, really working on dialing in. And I feel like it's never you get to a point where you're like, okay, it's all dialed in now and I never have to work on it again. It's like a day-to-day thing. Um, and then the eating, especially just making sure I'm fueling enough to um, recover properly and stay fueled. Have you ever tried uh, mouth tape and have you ever tried to uh, stop eating like several hours before you go to bed? I have not tried mouth tape. So is that just taping your mouth shut so you're breathing through? Yeah, you can go on Amazon and buy. You can look up mouth tape and just buy some. It might be something to try. Yeah. Do you snore? No, that'd be really good. Sorry, what? Do you snore? Uh, Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's just... I know if I sleep on my back, I do snore and I'll end up just waking myself up from snoring, but I'm a side sleeper. Uh-huh. So I think when I'm on my side, I'm all good. Yeah. Um, but like when my allergies kick in, I for sure snore. Oh, sure. so it might yeah. really help. It may that because like I, I used to sleep like that too. Or I used to snore. Oh, really? Yeah. I used to snore and I'd like wake up with a dry mouth and yeah. Mouth tape made a big difference for me in terms of, you know, breathing through my nose when I sleep, but then my sleep quality. It, it it changed. I've been oh, using wow. that. It, it changed. So I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll try, try that. Yeah. What about stopping uh, eating at a certain time? Which for me is like always kind of annoying. Like I'd rather kind of eat closer to bed, almost not like right before bed. But uh, yeah. have you ever tried to stop eating two to three hours before bed? Yeah, I usually try to do that as much as I can. Um, and like you said, like trying to find a balance between. Um, I definitely don't like going to bed super full, but then going to bed hungry. really hungry also <laughs> sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've, I've definitely woken up in like the middle of the night and I'm like, <laughs> I won't go back to sleep until I have, like, I need a snack. <laughs> I end up having a snack. Um, but yeah, so definitely like usually trying to cut off, uh, yeah, like probably two hours before I go to bed. I heard you say, uh, mention muscle scraping. How's that? Cause I, I saw you doing some of that on a video on your IG. How's that yeah. been beneficial for you? How's it helped? I've never done that before, but it looks pretty interesting. Yeah. So pretty much since swimming days, like every P 
PT or Cairo I've been to um, has done some version of it. Um, And it's just never something that um, I did on my own or I knew you could do on your own. Um, And then I, or I knew some companies made them, but I knew it was kind of, uh, or a few years ago, it was kind of tricky to get them. Like, I think I got one through a friend of mine who was a Cairo. Um, but then I started working with Sidekick and it's just been really nice to be able to travel with some of them, especially when I know I'm not going to be able to go see anyone. Um, or like, you know, the last few times I've been to New York, like we have to quarantine for a week before we can, you know, get out and do anything. So like having those tools available has been huge. And especially for, like my calves and Achilles, Mm. like that's been like really trying to focus on um, my feet just because like with all the sprinting and stuff, they're definitely taking a beating. Um, So those have been super helpful with that. What's your food look like? Like you mentioned food for recovery. Like has it changed at all the the way you're eating and what are you eating? Uh, So it honestly, like as far as macros go, so I originally thought, that I was like, okay, I'm going to be doing way less volume. I thought I was going to have to eat way less. I was like, there's no way I can eat the same amount. Like I'm going to blow up to like 190 and it's just going to be like, so it didn't happen. So that was good. Um, but it's, it's interesting that, you know, the intensity is just that high. And I think it's, it's not just the training, but like, you know, we were talking about before, like moving the sleds all the time, like you're, you're burning a lot more than you think. Mm. Um, and so I would say like, I'm eating pretty much the same macro wise. Um, and what I'm eating is also pretty much the same, like uh, going out to New York is really nice. Cause at the OTC, they have a full cafeteria and everything. So that's been really nice. And trifecta is still sending um, my food out there, which was awesome. Um, Just in case, like for a meal, there's just stuff that I wouldn't normally eat. Um, And that's definitely tough, especially when you travel anywhere, like trying to avoid consistently eating things that aren't normal for me. Um, And uh, yeah, so it's been pretty much the same. I thought it was going to have to change a lot, but it didn't. Well, and along with that, I'm also curious, like currently, as far as like your body's concerned, you mentioned that in your training, you're training much heavier now, you're increasing strength, doing more three, one rep maxes. Um, Are you also trying to put on some mass and muscle currently, or are you trying to like just stay the same weight and get stronger to help with your performance on the sled? So I was actually talking to my coach about this the other day. Um, So, right. So like ideal weight for me with like the pilots and everything is around 170 pounds. Um, so that's where we're going to stay. Um, but I would say like the goal right now is maybe a little more like body composition wise, like Mm -hmm. trying to lean out to make sure I'm not basically like every part of me is being useful for, you know, moving this sled. Um, so that's what I'm focusing on now. Um, and I definitely gave myself like a few weeks of lots and lots of treats and I definitely feel it. (laughs) So, uh, so I'm back, back on it, um, which is good. And that's the thing. Like I, every once in a while, like don't get me wrong. I love, you know, having whatever, but then it just, you know, I, I crave 
eating how I normally eat because it just makes me feel better. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so that'll be the goal for, for now. And this actually makes me curious about one more thing. Um, as far as like, cause compared to probably what you're doing in CrossFit, I would assume, and I could be totally wrong, but I would assume that the workouts now overall burn less calories. Um, so if I'm right in that assumption, are you eating less too right now because it doesn't require as much food or am I totally wrong? You know, I, I don't know exactly. Like I've never actually tracked like how much I was burning back then versus now, mm-hmm. but, um, I would say that, you know, it's super interesting and maybe it was just because my training also, um, changed up a little bit, but when we first started, getting on the ice and everything, I actually started losing weight and I, which was so weird for me because in CrossFit, it was, uh, it felt almost impossible to get below 170. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a few months into bobsledding, I was like 167 and I I wasn't trying to lose weight or anything. And I was like, what is going on? Um, I was like, no, now's the time to like be heavier. (laughs) And like my body was just, but I think my body is just figuring it out too. I think also sometimes with like the days we go to the track mm. because we're gone for such long periods of time and like we do pack snacks and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just hard to get enough food in. So while I was still tracking, I think there were probably definitely days where I wasn't eating as much. So I'm sure that played a role into it too. And less resistance training too, right? At that time. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I think that was a, also a component. Um, we weren't just because uh, being on the ice was the priority. So mm-hmm. we kind of were just making everything work around that. So probably lifting like maybe twice a week, like yeah. depending on um, what the schedule looked like. Okay. And you're pretty much just eating probably lean sources of meat, vegetables, starchy carbs, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and then... Yeah, I mean, right now I'm going like full, uh, trying to reel it in as much as possible. But what like happened, normally, Colleen, what, what kind of treats are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, well, open up to us. So, you could tell us. We won't let yeah. anybody else know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so. Right after we were done in Lake Placid, uh, my boyfriend and I took a trip to Chicago to uh, this really, really awesome brewery. Um, So there were some beers and then there were also these really good cinnamon roll pancakes that we had earlier in the day. (laughs) See, that sounds worth it. That sounds like a good choice to me. But we also, on our way to get the cinnamon roll pancakes and lots of other things, there was a donut <laughs> shop. So, of course, we had to stop at the donut shop to also get a donut. That makes you feel really fat when you're going from, like, one place to another and you still have, like, the box. You know, like, you're you're rolling through, like, In-N-Out Burger and you have, like, McDonald's, like, in the back of the car. And just, I don't know, you're just like, man, I'm really going downhill fast. Yeah, I needed a donut for the road, you know, to hold me over until I could eat the pancakes. So, you know. How long have you had your boyfriend for? Uh, About, let's see, um, probably like three-ish months. Yeah, that that throws another wrinkle into the whole equation, you know, because you want to enjoy each other, right? Like, you're not going to sit down and, like, eat chicken breast and broccoli, you know? Like, (laughs) that's not really... uh, Is is he a bobsledder as well? 
Yeah, yeah. So he's on the men's team and he's been um, bobsledding for a few years. He actually went to the Olympics in 2018. Whoa. Um, and he was a, a javelin thrower at UCLA. So it's like, hey, babe, let's go out to eat and uh, bring our own Tupperware, bring our own food <laughs> and sip on some uh, water. <laughs> he would be like, absolutely not. Yeah, right. <laughs> You gotta. So that happens a lot in couples when you, you know you're trying just to enjoy some good times together. So having some drinks and having some delicious oh, food yeah. is a good way to do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure, it was a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so sick if you guys both ended up being able to go to the Olympics next year. That'd be that crazy. would be crazy. Yeah. That would be so cool. Wow. Um, what else you got going on? Is there anything else? You're you're going to school. You're bobsledding. You got a boyfriend. All kinds yeah. of shits going on all at one time. Yeah, I know. Gotta stay in really busy, but uh, it's just awesome. I feel like very, uh, very at peace and happy with where I'm at right now. Um, and actually, my parents just moved out to Arizona, so that's even cooler. Oh, um, awesome! That's great. Yeah, to have uh, family nearby. I mean, I that's always been like a dream of mine to be at least near. I'm the oldest of six kids, so like to be at least near some of them. Um, I figured I'm like, it's probably not realistic that we'd all be in the same state, but, uh, um, but most of them are in California. So that's really close uh, to her in Dallas. So, um, but it's so cool to have them here. So like for holidays and stuff, everyone will be coming to Arizona. So that's yeah. super nice. And uh, they're definitely enjoying the weather from uh, Illinois. It's a big change. You know, were you doing any bobsledding last year in 2020? Yeah. No? Yeah. So how, okay. Obviously it's probably much easier now, but with all the crazy shit that was going on last year, how did that affect the training for bobsledding? Cause I mean, with all the preparation you guys had to do, et cetera, like, I don't know. How was that for you? Yeah. So there were lots and lots of, so basically when I flew out there, so in past years or what, um, I think happened like you, you could more so come and go as you please. Um, obviously like with, uh, you have to make sure with housing and everything at the OTC, but this time around, um, and that was one of the things that like, normally if, um, this was any other year, I could have been like, Oh, I'm going to go try bobsledding for a week. And then if I don't like it, I'll just leave. But it was a bigger commitment in that I had to go and then quarantine for a week. And then, so you're just kind of there for a few months. Um, you can't just keep coming and going. Um, so yeah. So when we went out there quarantine for a week um, and then, you know, wearing masks everywhere, we uh, were tested um, twice prior to getting out of quarantine um, and then when we started doing races and everything, we were tested every week just to make sure that no one in the bubble, um, had gotten it, um, or that, you know, would spread and stuff like that. So, um, definitely a lot of, you know, rules that were not in place years prior. Um, but yeah. And as far as like, I guess competitions this year and next year, are there any rumblings about athletes needing to be vaccinated before competition or just precautions that like because like with jujitsu tournaments now you're starting to hear some uh, organizations talking about like vaccine requirements right so as far as like the olympics are concerned 
I'm just curious on like what what if anything has been kind of rumored to be going around uh, around about competing and COVID. Yeah, so I haven't heard anything specifically about like what the IBSF would require for like next year's World Cup and stuff like that, or at the Olympics even. Um, but I do think that for at least the USABS with the OTC and everything. Um, we might be able, like, if we get the vaccine, then we wouldn't have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there hasn't been any, like, mandated stuff as of now. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think when you go back to CrossFit, I think you're going to do really well. I, I just think, like, having a break from it for a while and clearing your head, like, you might you might just like not try so hard. So then <laughs> it might come to you easier. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I have a feeling that that's probably going to happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would go back. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah, I guess I haven't you'll, really, you'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be back. Why do you not think you might? I'm just curious. You know, I, I just, there's, I mean, I love being an athlete. I love competing, but there's also, um, and I don't know, like, I don't know how many more years I want to do bobsledding. Um, and I also, I'm really excited also at the same token, you know, kind of as I've been like setting up the next chapter of my life, Mm -hmm. um, and seeing what that looks like. Um, and it's definitely been something that, uh, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, well, I feel like, like I said before, like pretty much laser focus on just this year for now, um, but also setting myself up for years to come. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you think you want to have kids? I know it's a big question because you've only been with your boyfriend for three months, but just in general. Yeah. No, I when definitely want to have kids. Are the kids coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely want to have kids. So that's a component too. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And also, I mean, I'm just curious about this too. So you're not sure how many more years you might do bobsledding and there's all this other stuff, right? CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there any other sports um, that you may have wanted to compete in in the future? Any any other type of athletic things that you may have wanted to learn and just do? Or, because uh, I mean, you have all these like, this with the water background too, right? Like in, in the mm-hmm. pool. So I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So, I mean, recently it's been funny. Uh, I, so I started golfing a little bit, Ooh. so that's been fun. Um, I've got a lot, a lot of, a lot of learning to do. Um, but that not necessarily, I, I don't think I'll be competing in golf anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um, but more just for fun. Like I started it because my, Um, my brothers and my sister-in-law are avid golfers and I was just kind of, I had a little bit of FOMO every time they went to the golf course and I was like, I want to do this too. (laughs) So I was like, I should probably learn. So I'm not holding the, holding the crew up, but, um, and then, uh, and my boyfriend really likes golf. So I think that'll be fun to do together. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been doing that. Um, uh, not really anything else that I could see like competing in now. Um, I feel like sometimes there, you know, I look back, even though like I don't regret anything about my swimming career and choosing that path. And that was absolutely amazing. Sometimes I'm like, man, it would have been cool to like 
play ice hockey or play water polo or something mm. like that. Um, or I don't know. Uh, football would be really fun. I would love to just like hit people. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explore other things when you're a scholarship athlete, right? It's like, they yeah, no, for sure. They don't even yeah. want you to mess around with anything else. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, it makes sense, especially when you're trying to, you know, win something like an NCAA championship, it takes, you know, hundred percent dedication and it's, yeah, like you said, kind of hard to explore other avenues. How are you able to but squeeze? How are you able to squeeze in time for having your vlog? I've seen that you you've been putting out more stuff uh, on YouTube. Is that is that fun for you, or is it kind of a a pain in the butt because you're so busy with so many other things? It's actually been really fun and something that I think um, has been something I feel like I needed and I didn't really know that I needed. Um, in a way. Um, and I, I mean, there are definitely weeks I would say it's not, it's never, or I've never felt like, Oh, I don't want to post anything. Sometimes I get through, actually I did a Q and a on Instagram the other week and someone asked like, do you ever not want to post on social media and stuff like that? And, and it's, I've never gotten that question, but, um, there's never really come a time where I don't want to post or upload a video or anything, but sometimes I feel like I don't have exciting enough things to post. (laughs) Um, And I think starting the vlog, I was kind of like, man, but like, will people actually want to watch what I'm doing? Um, Because some days just aren't super exciting. And, you know, especially right now, you know, training for any sport, sometimes it's just, like day to day is very mundane because you just gotta, you wake up, you eat, you train, you sleep, and then I study. And like, um, but it's been really, really fun, not only because I get to do it with my brother who's editing the videos, but um, I think it's um, allowed people to get to know me a little better. Um, Because I think through, I think I thought people knew me. And I think you do, you get a glimpse of like who I am through Instagram, but I think it's just so different with, um, long form content and stuff and just getting to know my personality more and stuff like that. I think also it's been good for me one, just to be comfortable in front of a camera. Um, I mean, I remember getting interviewed in like high school and college for swimming and I was deathly afraid mm-hmm. of talking in front of a camera and i was like this is the worst and just like getting used to carrying a camera around and just i mean there are still days where i'm like i look so strange but then you realize that people aren't paying as much attention as you think they are around mm-hmm. you um and i think that's been good for me to let go of like it just it doesn't matter like if people think i look strange or weird just talking to myself and an inanimate object <laughs> but um but it's it's been a lot of fun so i really enjoyed it yeah just talking to the screen when you first wake up with no makeup on right right yeah exactly you're like damn <laughs> what are people going to yeah. say yeah you get stuff no, you get used to yeah well i think that's the thing too is like with instagram i think um you know, it's so much more, or at least for me, uh, like I remember watching my first few videos and I was just picking myself apart. And like, that's one thing I was like, I'm always going to have makeup on and my hair is always going to look a certain way. And I got it like, and then I was like, I can't, that's exhausting. I'm like, I can't do that. 
Um, and I mean, there are definitely times where I watch my vlogs. I'm like, man, I look rough. (laughs) 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 But I mean, I think that's part of it is like, I mean, that's why I like watching, um, you know, YouTube and vlogs and stuff. Cause it's, it's raw. It's real. Like you get, um, and that's the thing. Like I, um, yeah. So it's just nice to kind of let that go a little bit. So, yeah. Awesome. Where can people find you? They can find me on YouTube, just Colleen Foch, and on Instagram, also Colleen Foch. Great having you on the show today. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Yo. She's Damn. a badass athlete, huh? She is. Man, after what she said about the uh, two-man, four-man thing, what other sports in the Olympics do men have something that women don't? Like, I never really even thought about that. I thought there was always just a man and a woman component. But it's kind of weird that they're like, yeah, dudes can have four men, mm-hmm. but women yeah, can't. Yeah, I think, I think uh, the women's movement, uh, you know, is is always in motion, you know, because, like, I think, um, I know there's, like, Olympic-style, like, wrestling, but then I don't know if there's, I'm sure at this point there probably is a female component to that, but. I don't. Yeah, there's a lot I of different wrestling, like Greco-Roman. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bunch of. I wonder if women have all of those too, or if they. And just I have think like, uh, it's you know going off of old uh, ideologies, and then on top of that, it's to change things now would just be difficult because it would just have to have money, you know. And so mm. I think that would, you know, I, and I think that's why they have the one woman uh, bobsled is because. They were like, well, if we open up more spots, that's more people that have to travel, you have to pay for, and, and so on. That's I'm just speculating. I don't have any idea, but yeah. I'm just kind of making excuses here because I, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't. It's like it's fucking 2021. I mean, you can't, <laughs> right. can't spit a few extra fucking dollars to- Right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, give them the same thing. Well, and I think, uh, I think realistically, you know, when people propose certain things- um, there's no reason why you can't meet them halfway. And maybe that's what they think, you know, throwing the one man in there. Maybe they think that's meeting them halfway. But what what I would propose instead would be like, okay, well, we need to figure out ways to get money for this and get everybody together and figure out ways to get money for it. Yeah. You know, bro, I'm just like imagining this. We want a four sled team. Uh, no, we're going to give you. Here's one. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you can have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they go through the trouble of like, the, you know, making the one man version of whatever, you know, it's probably like expensive as it is. It Yo. probably doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. There's a lot of shit like that. Damn. Where it takes, it takes a group of people to push something forward. Cause maybe, uh, you know, we weren't aware of it until mm-hmm. an hour ago mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever yeah. it was, you know? Yeah. That whole sport. I mean, I just don't know nothing about it. Don't know anything about it. And then, you know, something as simple as like, yeah, where do you look when you're going down? And, you know, she's like, oh, I might look through a hole in the... Or close my eyes. Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to be tough to make yourself want to do that every day. But I guess you do it as a team as well. So that's mm-hmm. like another... People are counting on you. Yeah, it's another component that makes it easier and probably makes it fun. And then you probably don't go on the ice every single day. Yeah. And, and if you do, it's probably just for a short period of time. So it makes it, that's cool. I, I just think it's uh, interesting to jump from one, mm-hmm. you know, sport to another. She was very successful in CrossFit. She actually won, I believe, I, I believe she won one of the CrossFit opens. Like she w- flat out won the entire thing. She mm-hmm. was number one in the world, which is wild. Cause there's, 
that's one of the biggest competitions in the world. Mm -hmm. There's like 150,000 or 200,000 people that compete in it. So that's pretty amazing. Man, I'm rooting for her. She'll make it. She'll make it. Bring home some medals. That'd be be so cool. That'd be so sick, man. Yeah. That'd be so sick. (laughs) But um, that just makes me like, yeah. What other... Because, I mean, everybody knows about bobsledding, but it had mm-hmm. me thinking about just Olympic sports in general. Curling is the one where you, like, go like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many Olympic sports you just don't know about. It's, it's wild. Well, yeah, especially when it comes to the, yeah, the, the Winter Olympics. is mm-hmm. like, definitely, I think the Summer Olympics are coming up. I think pretty soon. I think so. Yeah? I think they, did they, it was supposed to be last year, I think. Was it? I think, I think so. you're oh, right. No, yeah, you are right. Yeah, I think it's the first time they ever like not maybe not the first time ever, but one of the only times in history that they ever moved an Olympics. Mm-hmm. Let's see, just pushed it way up. back. So apparently, so the I just googled oddest uh, Olympic games: <laughs> trampoline, rope climbing. Mm. Oh wow! I didn't. Wow. Uh, race walking. Oh yeah, power walking. Yeah, Bart much. was talking about that. Yeah. What the fuck? Tug of war. Bart can walk really fast, so he started like looking up times for that, and he was like, "Nope, <laughs> oh, shit." Bart can <laughs> swim so, that weird. Course. That makes me wonder about the form. Like, there right. has to be like a form of walk because, like, you could just start like, <laughs> like right, right. going a little like. Oh jump. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, no, you ran. Yeah, yeah. didn't uh, you, I, motherfucker? You ran. You were I in flight. Totally, you were in air. I could be totally wrong, but didn't somebody they oh they were you know walk a uh, walking athlete, and I think they like. Totally cheated and they got caught. Our shit. What, were they doping for their walking competition? No, they like hopped in like a car or something type of thing. Nice. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I probably. You know what sport has a lot of like doping? A surprisingly, show. is uh, powerlifting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's powerlifters, man, they take all this shit and they get huge. Um, like uh, motocross. Whoa. Really? Yeah. What? I was shocked. So they have videos, like <laughs> like more plates, more dates, and some of these guys exposing people that aren't natural. They got the same thing in the motocross community. The where they're like, they're like, he didn't look like that when he was 16. They're like, look at him now. He's 19. And look at his jawline. And they're like, I'm like, what? Jawline? I'm like, really? Jawline? I'm like, I'm like what the? F-? <laughs> That's where we're going now. I'm like, maybe he's just chewing some mastic gum. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, but then th- this guy, uh, oh, we're, we're working on getting him on the podcast because he was super knowledgeable about uh, PEDs and stuff. But he mm-hmm. was, uh, he was saying like he was like, oh, a lot of coaches and a lot of people try to downplay the use of uh, performance enhancing drugs in this sport because they're like, it's not going to really change your time. Yeah, it's going to make you a little bigger, a little stronger. And he's like, that's total bullshit. He's like, it will change your time by a lot. I guess if you're stronger and you can absorb, you know, some of the you know, shock of some of it. Mm. It's just, it's just like any other sport. There might be some guys that need it. There might be other guys that can perform better than the guys who use shit. Yeah. And, just, you know, and okay, mind you motocross. Cause I was actually talking to Ryan Kura about this. Um, BMX, what is it that yeah. Ryan Kruder, Kura does BMX, BMX not yeah. motocross, right? Okay. I, he, he may do a little bit of both, but I think he mainly did BMX. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does. B, he does BMX. I can understand being a factor in BMX. Yeah. But motocross with an, uh, you know, a bike with a, mo- I get it. Like, uh, but I feel like you, you could just get just strength train I think, with yeah, that, yeah, like oh, strength oh, train. Absolutely. I think, and I think that's the thing is I think that these guys are, they're just getting into strength training for the first time and they're somehow getting exposed, mm. whether it's through like a coach or whatever, yeah. that this is like, 
there's a lot of money on the line. You know, where there's where there's money, there's there's <laughs> always going to be some uh, people fucking around. Drug use. Huh? Okay. This is crazy. So in the 1900 Olympics, hot air ballooning was a... Uh, we got to bring that back. Yeah. That was exciting. I remember that. And then... <laughs> Between 1920, 1928 and 1948, there was town planning. Town planning as an Olympic sport? <laughs> I think so. That's got to be a joke. What do you think we should do with the library <laughs> How do on you Main Street? I don't know, but you got a gold medal. What the fuck gets a gold? That's the thing. Like That town is ugly. Or, yeah, that's yeah. a horrible layout. They that's, just didn't have shit to do, I guess, because in the 1900, right. there was a you're swimming right. obstacle do, course. That sounds like fun. That though. actually sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Tug of war. That's That'd be, that that'd be a great show just to have all the, all the dumb Old. stuff that's never made it, you know? I'm yeah. so curious about the history of the Olympics. Like, like, when did they, how long has the Olympics been going on? I think thousands of years, right? Like, I, I don't know. Where we were competing against other countries and stuff like that. Like, thousands of years? No, uh, I like, think I think some form of the Olympics has been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah, and the I Greeks think, had shit like that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think olympics as we know it now you know yeah. going against different countries mm -hmm. probably you know hasn't been that long probably yeah i'm curious about that That's... but the 1896 first summer olympic games mm. i wonder how many countries are a part of that <laughs> but i think yeah. i think before that i think i mean we're talking going back a couple thousand mm -hmm. years i think but mm -hmm. I, you know i don't know let's see winter olympics says 1924 fuck it's really interesting like uh <laughs> you think about it like that doesn't sound right you're some, some like you're just like moving rocks around you know and then yeah. like you chuck one and then i throw one uh -huh. a little bit and you're further, like i can throw yeah. this one further and then you're like well that one doesn't weigh this thing, you know and immediately it turns into like a thing it's like well let's weigh it we gotta you know or let's they gotta or let's just throw the same rock you know yeah. and you gotta, then andrew gets involved and then you know and then it's like, no, no, no you, but you stepped over that line. You got to like start to make rules for it, right? Uh huh. Gets to be really weird really quick. Yeah. And then how do you end up in a bobsled? <laughs> right? How do, you, how do you end up in like a spaceship that goes down a fucking mountain of ice? You got to, yeah, I wonder how the hell that sport came, like a lot of these sports came to be. Not just bobsled, but curling. 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 Yeah. What? <laughs> Who was just like, <laughs> let's turn this beer game or this bar game into an Olympic sport. Right. You know, football fucking... is really like football is really <laughs> weird. Like it's like kind of <laughs> territorial and there's like yeah. so many rules to it. Mm -hmm. You can kick it and throw it, but not when you're, you know, if you're past this line, you can't do it. And you can't throw it to those That's guys. Funny. Yeah. I the big fat, the big fat guys can't throw it to, but the skinny guys, you could throw it to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, uh, who <laughs> wait pause who you, made some you can't, you can't throw a football to a lineman you can mm -hmm. uh you can throw a football to a lineman if you have uh an extra down lineman who's at the end who would be then eligible to be a receiver Whoa. but then you have to announce have to announce that, that he's, he's eligible yes. hey number 66 is eligible because he doesn't have a number that represents the skills players. The skills players have either like low numbers, like a running back would be yeah. in the twenties, uh, maybe even just anything under fifty. I think is the uh, uh, the running backs, and then the receivers are uh, eighty and up. I think pretty much. Oh, this just got deep for me. And then college, it's like it's a little bit different, but you're mm -hmm. you can't have like number seventy seven running out for a pass. Wow, I didn't know it. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. 
That's weird, right? That is very weird. But you can occasionally, if you have the right setup and you have an extra guy at the end of the line, he would just be considered an extra tight end. And then he he could be eligible for a pass. We have to announce it to the ref. And then the ref says, hey, number 77 is eligible. And then the other team then knows and they can. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy still scores a lot of times. (laughs) Because it's like, I I don't know. Sometimes they just have like certain players that do that here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you get pushed out of bounds as a defender if you don't make an attempt to get back in bounds right away you are no longer able to oh. be the first guy to touch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the opposing team yeah. Holding the there's ball. a lot of weird rules really <laughs> weird things yeah so you can't int- and, and the reason for that is like you can't intentionally like leave the field yeah because then you that. can leave the field like run through the bench and then come back funny. on the field and catch the ball <laughs> <laughs> so all the rules are like all the rules are made up so people don't fucking cheat really bad you know <laughs> oh my god that, that reminds me of javel mcgee i don't know if you guys know javel mcgee of course you remember that though <laughs> i don't know okay so so like he, they were they were on their side of the court um and he like faked that he was injured and went out of bounds <laughs> and his defender left him and then he's like <laughs> came up for an alley-oop dunk because oh, he like limped off and for a couple left. of years there javel mcgee was a walking talking meme <laughs> like everything that guy would do would just be like no like no that's made oh, up like god. nobody actually did that but yeah. not javel mcgee Wow, basketball is so simple compared to football. Yeah, you shoot a ball in the basket. Ball in the you have three pointers, two pointers, free throws, and yeah, it's, e- it's easy. There's yeah, there's not. <laughs> there's a few things, but it's not like yeah, traveling, traveling, you know, double dribble. Traveling like, doesn't really apply if you're LeBron James, though. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, traveling, double dribble. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any like really. I guess there's like weird rules towards the end of the game if you fouled. X amount of times. Yeah, and yeah. If you five get fouls, free, yeah. Then, well, yeah, you get kicked out of the game. Or two within the last two minutes. Right, right. Oh, shit. And okay, yeah, okay. and then people get to shoot a free throw. Yep. It, it, even if they're not in the act of shooting, like mm-hmm. that's when you start getting like... <laughs> yeah, and then like other rules... It starts getting weird quick. Yeah. Other rules have been implemented to just, you know, try to help the game, but like, you know, defensive three seconds... Shot yeah. clock, mm. offensive three seconds. It's still easy shit compared um, to just what I heard with football right now. Court like, violation. Now football is wild. This guy's yeah. a lot of rules. If you call a timeout while in the backcourt, you have to inbound the ball oh. in the back. Or if you call a timeout before you move the ball, you get to move it to the half court half line. Court line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <I guess laughs> All kinds of dumb shit like that. Football stuff is really weird, like fumbling the ball. You know, you can't like, fu- can't. you can't like fumble it forward. <laughs> yeah. That was- you can't fumble forward. What do you mean? You, so- you kind of can, but she kind of can't like you've, you've, if it just happens to be that you like, yeah, like you, but you can't like, just like roll it forward and, and have someone else like scoop it up. Yeah, and stuff. It's so weird. Like, imagine like towards the end of the game and you guys, you need to score a touchdown and you start. It'd be Fuck, considered a forward pass in. if you did yes. it that way. Yeah, so you yeah. have to like fumble it backwards or so toss it backwards. Oops. Flea flickers and laterals. That's <laughs> another fun one too. Mm. Wow. John Madden wrote a book called One Knee Equals Two Feet. <laughs> really? What? Yeah. Because so if you if you go to score a touchdown and you get one knee in the end zone, it's it's touchdown. Or if even if just you're on the sidelines and you're only able to get one knee down, mm-hmm. then that counts. But uh so one knee 
is the same equivalent uh, as landing both feet inbounds. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you could have, yeah, yeah. you could land a knee inbounds and the rest of your body can go out of bounds and that would be a reception. <laughs> but, but if, if one foot's out and one foot's on the lot, one foot's in and one foot's out, then you're, you're out of bounds. It's yeah. Incomplete pass. The touchdown rules are so insane. The too. touchdown is really weird. Yeah. yeah. Cause you just got to break the plane and the plane goes on forever. It's infinite. Uh huh. The goal line goes on forever. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I know. It's, it's so I know. Dumb. Yeah. And then you have to be huh. in because you don't have to actually like land into the end zone. I thought you, you did, just need to put to just go past the, the line. The, the ball. ball just needs to go. Even if you just went whoop and you came back, you're you're in. The ball breaks the plane. The play's so dead. Good. Oh. Yeah. But then if you if you but does it have to touch the ground or like can no. Nope. Oh, no. so you, that's why they okay imaginary line there and you can jump and just put jump the ball over it. the pylon and. Mm -hmm. But then if the you pylon, what is the pylon? That's the, the orange, orange thing. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. But then like if you, <laughs> if you're a receiver and you huh. catch the ball, you can't catch, put two feet in the end zone and then throw the ball away. You have to catch it, receive it and be like, yep, I have this. <laughs> yep. You, you definitely finish the act of catching the ball. So that's a touchdown. <laughs> you also can't. You also can't. You can't <laughs> wait, wait, catch. Catch right? two feet yeah. in. Okay. You drop the ball. Just like you're, you're good. Yep. I'm out. Nope, you have to actually finish the whole thing because there can't be any like argument against you being able to uh, maintain possession of that ball. Mm. There's only been a couple of times where it's like, it come on, iffy, yeah. but for the most part, they get that part right. But I just think it's funny that they have to include that rule in there. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. Uh, football's complicated. You can only throw the ball forward twice. <laughs> I mean, once. So if right, you throw yeah, the ball yeah. forward and a defender like bats the ball back to you and you catch it, you can't throw it forward again. Yeah. You have to just like eat it. <laughs> what are those, um, what are those like, you know, sometimes we lateral, say, like, lateral. Yeah. Backwards. Uh, you can throw so it backwards could... infinitely <laughs> if you wanted to. Yeah. Now I want to go watch a YouTube place. You I know there's some the team that's probably on like Here's that. an interesting thing. If you, if yeah, you were to throw, is. if you were to throw the ball, so if you throw the ball forward out of bounds, then the play's dead and the ball ball goes back to the original line of scrimmage yeah, oh, yeah, if, yeah. You throw the ball, if you throw the ball backwards out of bounds then it goes to wherever, <laughs> wherever the ball is at yeah wherever the ball is at so when i was a kid uh we our freshman quarterback uh he's he played in our uh, on our varsity team his first time he ever got in and the coach said hey remember just kill the ball you know like just he said just he tried to make it easy for him it's like just throw the ball to me if if you're in trouble, meaning like throw the ball to the mm -hmm. sidelines because then it's incomplete pass. Nothing bad happened. You just lose it down. That's it. Oh, no. So we're like on like the 30 no. yard line and we're like, you know, heading towards the end. Zone. He starts scrambling around. He's like looking for someone to throw to. He av avoids a couple tackles. Coach yeah. He, the, the coach is on like the 50 yard line. No. He, he guns it right to him. The coach catches it. And you should have seen the look on his face. He was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so we lost like 25 yards oh, in one play. Man. And That's got to be embarrassing. You know, I like, okay. <laughs> I, I I was on the field and I was like, oh, might as well start running that way. Uh, that's where that's where we're setting up for the next play. And I was like, shit. On the on the kickoff, if you if the kicker kicks the ball out of bounds, yeah, and mm. then it goes automatically up to I think the forty five. Yeah. So it's like mm -hmm. super embarrassing if the kicker can't keep the ball. The, the kicking game gets really confusing, <laughs> especially now because. Uh, didn't they change? Oh, they, they changed the uh, the distance on mm -hmm. it. Never mind. Okay. Did yeah. they make it longer or something? Because kickers they are moved, getting better. Well, no, they actually did kind of the opposite. They moved the the where you kick from up so that there's less kickoff returns because it's really dangerous for the players. Mm -hmm. But on the field goal, they did 
the, the point after they mm-hmm. moved they that did back. move that back yeah that's right and so you did start seeing a couple more misses it's but. more dangerous for the players like how because i mean like a kickoff is just dangerous because you're running you run full speed at each other from like 50 yards <sighs> apart oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. athletes at full clip running into God each other dang. yeah that's not good yeah that's I used all. to love that was the best part of football right <laughs> I there. Bet you love that. Oh my god! Probably bigger than everybody. Who's Wedge cool. breaker. Yeah, yeah. I just go down there and just slam into everybody. Jesus. You don't have to think about anything. You just run full speed and just, <laughs> just wait for him to catch the ball. After Ooh. I did it a couple times, like when I when we play other teams, I think other teams would just you know have tape and they would just scout and they'd be like that guy's a maniac. Just get the fuck out of his way because <laughs> they would just always part open and I'm like, oh, I got no one to hit. Uh. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> you had a reputation oh, wedge breaker. Man. Yep, yep. That's sick. Want to take us on out of here, Andrew? I will. Uh, drink LMNT.com slash Power Project. Watermelon. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you guys know if that one's out yet? It's out. It's out yeah. now. They sent me a, ooh, the watermelon flavor. It's really good. It's really good. They sent ice cubes with it, too. Oh, yeah. To make Little watermelon ice, cube. ice cubes. Wow. Tray. Yeah. Always doing something fancy. So head over to drinklmnt.com slash Power Project. Pick up the watermelon flavor. I haven't even had a chance to try it. So I feel left out, but yeah, I'll bring, I think I have some in my car. I'll, you I'll, won't. Yeah. I think I have one in my car. Heck yeah. Give All it right. To you. Head over there right now. Pick up a value bundle and go ahead and mix in that new watermelon flavor. Uh, please make sure you follow the podcast at Mark Bell's power project on Instagram at MB power project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram is at I am Andrew Z and Seema, Where are you at? And Seema and Yang on Instagram, YouTube, Twi- uh, clubhouse. No, TikTok. Thanks for wearing these short shorts today, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Step step a little bit. There you go. I mean, they're not that short. See, now you I know? can't see you, though. You disappeared. Step a little bit to your right. Right there. Yep. This yep. is what I'm going to be rocking all People don't understand. People don't understand out. what Andrew and I have to go through every day. Yeah. Being next Andrew, to someone. Are you getting this on camera? A little Being bit. So, yeah. Next yeah. to someone so handsome. A little bit. Not, not, the, not the arm, though. Ugh. No, I was getting the leg, man. Look at those hamstrings. Wow. Yeah, man. You these, must work out. These shorts are comfortable. Mm-hmm comfortable bring short shorts i have short shorts are back but i want to get some pink ones i think you just brought i think you just brought them back some yellow ones are you gonna get the three inches all these bright colors <laughs> it's gonna be great hey now hey now three inch inseams three inches yeah is that like that's like the super runner oh, yeah, thin those ones. The su- don't these don't, are five don't inches do, don't do that <laughs> don't, 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 yeah don't, don't go yeah no oh, they're, they're no, they're, no they're, just they're, be like yeah like yeah, they're, yeah. They're three <laughs> inch inseamers yeah. pro tip for all of you guys oh, who pro have, tip um, pro, pro tip yes <laughs> for all you guys who have lululemon shorts they will hem your shorts for free so wow. i'm gonna go get all of my longer lulu shorts Hem to like a cool five inches. Whoa. Y'all about to be seeing all this That's leg cool. action. That would be amazing to have. The, so they do it in the store. They do it in the store. That, so it'd yeah. be great to have them hem them, right? And then be like, I think I want them shorter. <laughs> and do it again and again and again. <laughs> Just come out in a Speedo eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm digging this. This, this is, is perfect. good. This make, is good. <laughs> make all of them like this. Strength is never weak this week. This is never strength. Catch you guys later.